clean water. More than two billion people in the world today lack reliable access to safe drinking water. An estimated 40% of these live in sub-Saharan Africa. Without this clean drinking water, education is hindered. Gender equality decreases. Economic activity stagnates. And development is stifled. Without clean water, everyone's health suffers greatly. The organization we're featuring today, known as Well Aware, works in Kenya and Tanzania. They're committed to building reliable, long-lasting water sources there that provide clean water for life, enabling entire communities and future generations to thrive, to grow, and to develop. It's a big project, and well aware is doing an outstanding job. So I've asked their founder, Sarah Evans, to join me today for the Edge of Adventure podcast. As we discover just how deep their commitment goes. adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher. Great to have you with us, and also great to introduce you today to my guest, Sarah Evans, the founder at Well Aware. Sarah, Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Sarah, we look forward to getting to know you a little bit and also getting to know well aware and the work that you and this organization are doing in places far, far from home. Let's start this conversation since you all are in the business of taking care of the need that people have, obtaining water, clean water. I think about it as someone who grew up in the West Water is never something that I've ever lacked. And I think that that's something most of us or many of us can identify with, not having lacked water. Is that the case for most people in the world? No, it's not. And I, you know, one in seven people globally lack access to clean water to drink, much less, you know, all the other needs that we have for clean water. And it, it, you're right, it is, it's something that we just don't think about so much here. And I didn't either when I was younger. So it, it's humbling when we finally get to discover how lots of other people in the world live without this vital resource. Sarah, so as someone who has been active now 
in this endeavor for, I think, if my research is correct, about 11 years. You founded Well Aware about 11 years ago. Why did you do that? What was it that brought this need to you and also brought it to you in such a way that you knew you had to do something about it? Yeah, yeah, it was actually um, 13 or 14 years ago that I started this organization, but it was not my training. I went to law school and I practiced for a little while, but then I met a friend who asked for my help raising some funds to replace some livestock in this rural village in Kenya. And I thought, well, how interesting. Why would we want to do that? And she explained to me the critical need for these uh, the cattle and the goats in this rural village in East Africa. Um, and that they were mostly dying at the time because of the drought and lack of access to water. And I thought, well, yes, this is so important. And I, I, I educated myself. I actually got kind of obsessed with it. But I said, you know what, maybe what we should do is we should drill a water well in, instead. And I did talk that small group of friends and uh, eventually colleagues into shifting gears a little bit and having a fundraiser instead to raise money for a water well. And we did. We had no idea what we were doing, but we got lucky. And that's why I am here with you today. And as you think about the objective now, all these years later, again, okay, 14 years later since uh, the beginning, what is the objective now as an organization that is uh, – much larger, much more experienced, much more aware of the need, the things that work, the things that don't. What is the objective when you begin working with a community now? I really appreciate that question because I feel that it is not the focus of this work in general in the, uh, I guess what we could call the water charity sector. What is the overall objective? Why are we raising these funds and, and delivering infrastructure on the other side of the planet? Is it so that we can have a beautiful picture of a child drinking water right after the water well is installed? Or is it that we want to see that that community has indeed thrived and developed beyond where they were before 10 to 20 years after that. So our objective as an organization, and, and it's honestly, it's everybody's objective. It just uh, tends to be, unfortunately, not always the focus, is that all these variables in these communities that we are working with are changing over time in the way that we want to see that. So in the very beginning, I will readily admit, we got lucky when we drilled that first well. It did change my life and it changed my soul. And for the first few years, for me and for us, it was mostly about this really compelling need and compassion to be able to provide this critical basic resource to people who do not have it. And now our objective has evolved into let's make sure all of these water systems, all, the, all of this infrastructure is actually lasting for decades. And maybe we can even uh, influence the rest of our industry and uh, make a change for how this work is done in general. How do you measure success? I mean, all of these organizations, all of these people, anytime you have a project, you have to know what you're striving for and what really is the measure of success. For you as the founder at Well Aware, how do you define success? First of all, the, the water system itself needs to be functioning. 
that should be a given. Um, for us, success is not the fact that the water well is still working 10 to 15 years later. For us, success is we are actually changing what we set out to change when we do provide that resource. So what we do measure, and there's no, unfortunately, there's no standard the way that we measure as an industry or just international development Overall, there's no standardization of what we do measure and then how we compare that um, against each other's results. But for us, we make sure that women are not walking as long for water. We are making sure that disease rates are going down almost to zero. We're making sure that kids are back in school because they have a source of water there now, specifically little girls, because once they hit puberty, um, if they do not have a sanitation and hygiene facility at school, they're gonna not go get behind, they drop out. And we want to see the agriculture is going up and the overall economy is going up. And that is what we refer to as results over time. And it should be the standard. At minimum, it's our focus. This is the Edge of Adventure. Of course, my name is Adam Asher. You guys know me and you're getting to know Sarah Evans today. She's the founder at WellAware. And you can look them up online at wellawareworld.org. Wellawareworld.org. Org. Sarah, here's a loaded question. Yeah, I love them. Do the wells you provide work and how many years do they normally last? Yes, all of our water systems work. Uh, I should provide the caveat that we work with groundwater, so water wells, deep water wells that have submersible pumps, so they are serving a lot of people. And we also work in rainwater harvesting and purification, as well as some pipeline work. And all of those systems are functioning. And, you, you know, like sometimes we do need to go back into a community and retrain their water committee or look at a new option. Oftentimes these days we're looking at expansion of that project because the community is thriving in a way that we want to see. But about 80% of our systems are now self-sustaining. And that speaks a lot to the front end work we put into these water systems to not just design the system properly and with integrity, and with the idea of allowing it to last a long time, but also with true community partnership and training and thoroughly understanding where these community members have been and what their experience is and what their plans for development are so we can just fit in to their plans and provide a resource so that they can carry forward with those plans for development. Sarah Evans is my guest today from WellAware. She's the founder. Sarah, what areas are you focused on? In other words, are there particular countries or regions that is the focus right now? Well, AWARE as an organization is uh, currently operating in East Africa in the countries of Kenya and Tanzania. And we do plan to expand within East Africa. We have strong partnerships we've been cultivating in Uganda and Rwanda. Um, but we do not plan as an organization to expand outside of that region of the world. That said, we are trying to tackle the water crisis in other ways outside of that. But for the organization and the dollars that we raise, it does go to East Africa. And that is because we 
fully and thoroughly understand the value of expertise in a specific region, not just expertise, but also networking and the relationships that we've cultivated over time and our understanding of, of how we're applying our resources and our knowledge to that specific region. Sarah, when you, and well aware, when you go into a community and you work with them, I know that that's a, an objective that you, you want to partner with them and work with them and learn from them as much as they learn from you, I know, in this process. But when this happens and you see a change made in the community, what would you say is the long-term effect of your work in one of these communities? Gosh, you know, I think about this a lot because I want to make sure that the ways that we're involving the community and asking them to drop their lives and join us in this new project and all of the people that run into this crazy idea and this cause, all of our staff and volunteers, you know, we want to make sure that we are truly serving the community as they need and want to be served. And unfortunately, what we see, and there's uh, anybody in international development will tell you that oftentimes, okay, I'm going to say more often than not, when you go into these communities, there are so many different efforts with great intentions that just don't work out. And for us as people in water, we see we see the, the the land just sort of littered with broken water system components and water filters, and it is such a disservice to these communities. And it is it is such a shame too. It's not not just a colossal waste of resources, but what we're doing is we're really damaging the, our relationships with these communities. And to answer your question, I have very high hopes that we're not just providing a basic resource to alleviate suffering. That should be a given. I think that we are changing the way that people have access to education and changing their health, their neurological development when they're babies so that they can grow up and further their education and be empowered and change the overall system. Because let's be honest, if these countries' governments are not evolving over time, then um, we're just going to continue having to intervene in this way with international aid. I think if we're providing the right foundation for these populations, then they can enter that government and they can help to make changes. And they are already coming back into these communities to do work and they're running for office. And it's just been 12 or 13 years since we did that first water well, but we are already seeing that. And that gives me so much hope. Sarah Evans is my guest today. She's the founder at Well Aware. And I've got several more questions, several other areas that we need to delve into, but I still want to be sure we all understand this need and the impact that the need has and then consequently the impact that the solution has when you guys help to bring that. You mentioned, and I've, I've heard this from many different organizations as they work around the world and they talk about the life of women and young girls and the amount of time that they spend retrieving water. Put that into perspective for us. I know it's something that you did mention. I know it's something that you're aware of, of course, and you deal with, and it's it's on your heart. But help us understand that the life of the young women and the girls as they go from the responsibility of sometimes spending hours to go obtain the water versus having clean water accessible. It's true. And, you know, it, it's just by virtue of 
the cultural nuances that it is the task of the women. And on average, it is about a four mile walk to get clean water in the regions where we work. So that will take up your entire day. It won't just take up your entire day. It means that you do not get to focus on anything else in your life. And then when you bring the water back home, it's probably not going to be clean. Then you hopefully maybe spend some time trying to purify or boil that water if you have those resources. And there are all kinds of other problems that go along with that. And then for little girls, they, they're growing up watching their mothers and the other women in their lives taking on this task. And then that's just what they know. And it, it's fascinating to see firsthand when we intervene and we do do a water system in a community, how the girls the young girls, the spirit, her, their spirits, they, they just change, they evolve. And I have this incredible gift of having been in these communities over and over again over time and seeing a group of young girls um, feeling, seeming despondent and committed or by default committed to a certain way of life. And then over time, and they're, they're in school and their hygiene is, is amazing. They're not sick anymore. And, and they have all these ambitions and these thoughts and these ideas. And the statistic is that for every additional year that a little girl is in school, her future income goes up 12%. It is just game changing. And if we can put water at the school and she can stay there, you can imagine globally the impact that will have. Well, let's also talk about the impact of having clean water versus having water that isn't clean, that isn't safe to drink. What difference does that make in terms of the diseases and the sicknesses that a community might have to contend with? And that's something else we take for granted, isn't it? When we turn on the faucet, we're not concerned about how it might, at minimum, upset our our stomachs. Um, but it is a very real and fatal issue in the regions where we work. And we are encountering almost always typhoid and cholera. So when we do get to go in and provide a clean water source that's, that's plentiful, and because we're measuring impact, and, and we do try to understand what's changing over time with a very systematic uh, method that we developed, we see Instantly, one of the immediate changes we see is these disease rates plummet. And because it is such a critical issue for these families, specifically mothers, um, they are so uh, excited and, and motivated to be able to work with us to provide this new water source because they know they do not have to worry as much anymore that their children are going to die. And that is a reality. And when I became a mother, honestly, I was not sure how how much of myself I could continue to give to this work. But what I found was that I had this renewed inspiration for what I do because I immediately started relating to these mothers who are worrying every day and live with the worry and the fear that they're going to harm their children by not just the water that they're providing to them, but the breast milk that they're providing to their babies. And it is a constant worry. And I cannot imagine living in that kind of fear with a baby. can't. This is The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher, and we'll get back to my conversation with Sarah Evans of Well Aware in just a moment. As we look now at the days ahead, as we make our plans to get things done this year, I simply want to say that I'm thankful for this opportunity to share these broadcasts with you, to get to know such great people like my guest today, to learn about different parts of the world, 
different cultures and traditions, and of course, the ways we can help and the ways we can support those who are helping. If you haven't done so already, I'd like to ask a favor. Please take a minute and rate The Edge of Adventure in your podcast listening app. Spotify now allows us to do that. Services like Apple Podcasts will even let you leave a written review. And if you would do so, I would greatly appreciate it. Believe it or not, that actually helps me to reach more people. So thank you for taking the time to follow, subscribe, rate, and review the Edge of Adventure podcast. Let's continue now with my conversation with Sarah Evans of Well Aware and Well Beyond as we get to know a bit more about all that they're doing in Tanzania and in Kenya and beyond here on The Edge of Adventure. Sarah Evans is my guest today. She is the founder at Well Aware, and we're getting to know their work in Kenya and Tanzania and in other places. I want to give you a minute real quickly to brag on your team. I know you're very proud of the team. I know you're proud of what they do, how effective and efficient and innovative they are. I've been able to pick up on that as I have uh, gotten to know you offline and through the website and the different things. It's, it's, I know that's a point of of uh, healthy pride in your case, this team that you have. And I think it would also be good. Tell us about the team and then also tell us about this more recent project that you have undertaken. Yes, I love every opportunity to brag on my team. Uh, we have a small group of people here in the U.S. that do mostly now fundraising. And I'm so excited that over the, the last few years, we've been able to exponentially grow our teams in East Africa, and they are phenomenal. I feel like they lead me by example. And it's so perfect because in the very beginning of this work, I knew that what I needed to do if I wanted to continue to do this work was really get to understand the communities and let them lead me toward how we were going to build our model. And so now we have 11 or so staff in East Africa and um, about seven of those are full-time. And they continue to let me and the rest of us know, um, you know, that's not quite right. Or have we considered this or um, you're crazy. Let's, let's not do what you just said. And I just appreciate that so deeply. And I love that they put up with me and have patience with me and I get to learn from them. And to your second question, it is because of that team that we realized we could start another initiative and begin to tackle this, what we call in the sector, the hidden crisis in the water charity industry, which is the fact that more than half of the water systems that are installed in developing regions don't actually work about a year after they're implemented. And that's not okay. So they have guided us through launching this new initiative. And I can talk about that if you want. Please do. So here's the cool thing. Well, one of the many, many cool things about specifically the continent of Africa and lots of other developing regions of the world, technology is evolving exponentially. So in lots of instances, actually leapfrogging what we have available to us here. So we have mobile connectivity and mobile phones. More people in Africa have a mobile phone than have access to a toilet. And then internet connectivity is so widely available. Sub-Saharan Africa, I believe is about 74% coverage, internet connectivity. So we thought, well, gosh, you know, 
all these water systems are failing, the way that this industry and sector has been doing things for decades is obviously not working out quite right. But look at this resource that we have to be able to connect with people. And through our own studies and then with through partnerships and, and other studies and, and data that we've collected and learned, we know that the most common reason for a water system failure is some kind of a technical oversight. And, and by technical, I don't mean like super well-trained, you know, grad school educated expertise. It's just, you know, the nuts and bolts, no pun intended, of how you implement a water system and then train the community on that. And number two system failure reason is uh, a lack of community contact and connection and, and support and training and understanding. So we realized you, we, we could actually probably send a lot of the support and expertise into the hands of the beneficiaries themselves using what's already there. And that is the, the cell phone and the Wi-Fi connectivity and technology. So we developed an app. We made an app and it has a, a backend software. Just being in this work and being in the field and getting to learn from the team and the, and the communities for so many years and really understanding that there's this huge issue that they do not have a basic resource which nobody can survive without, not well. But then also that there was so much work being done that wasn't working out. And I started thinking along with a lot of other brilliant people on my team that, you know, we found the avenue to be able to deploy this information. But also, I don't think that we have to spend that much more money on solving this problem. I think we just need to redirect the resources a little bit differently. I think we need to have that focus that I mentioned earlier on those results over time and start to educate ourselves and educate the people who are contributing to our causes on the fact that we should focus on results over time and we should invest in maintenance. What we know now is we don't have to invest that much in maintenance because of what we have available to us in these regions, that available internet connectivity and mobile phone usage. Most people have the smartphone now. And so community members, beneficiaries can be sitting at their water system and the water stops flowing from the tap. All they have to do is open up the app and they can run diagnostics on the system. It was, it's, this is low tech. It is, it, it, it's, uh, it's easy to download. And once it's downloaded, it's fully functional offline, just in case. And more than half the time we've already found, they can solve the problem on their own. And this is huge because in our experience, it would take about two weeks to fix something like that. And that would require this community being without their only source of water for two weeks, it would also entail probably a visit or two and some expensive uh, technicians to come out on site and just replace the float switch or change the valve on the control box or something like that. So the app is solving for that. It's also giving reminders for community members to do regular maintenance on water systems, which will significantly reduce risk in the future of breakdown and then those expensive repairs and being without water for a long time. So we've been deploying that now for about six or seven months, and the early results are really phenomenal. Very excited. Sarah, the name of this app, or if I or a listener or someone in the business needed to find this, how would we find it? Where are we going to go? What's it called? It is called Well Beyond. So Well Aware is the original nonprofit. Well Beyond is the uh, subsidiary. And it is, it's the app, the technology. You can find that on the Well Aware website that you put up before, but we have our own website too. And it's wellbeyondwater.com. And you can find out all the information about how the tool is used and how we built it, as well as how to use the tool. We're offering it now to other partners outside of Well Aware. 
Okay, quick review, everybody. My guest is Sarah Evans. She's the founder at WellAware. You can find out more about this nonprofit organization at wellawareworld.org. You'll also find them across social media at wellawareworld. The app, the technology that they're talking about is a project of theirs. And that, if you wanted to go right to it, you could go to wellbeyondwater.com, wellbeyondwater.com to find out more about that. But of course, in a day and age where there's so many websites and it's hard to keep up with them all, you could always just uh, start at wellawareworld.org and you'll find it. You'll find out about it because this is their project. And of course, any time I do one of these podcasts, you can always go to theedgeofadventure.com and you'll find a post there that'll have the video version, the audio version, the links, all of those things that you might need, including the links to their sites. Okay. So if, if you're listening to this or you think about it in another couple of days and you're thinking, well, what was that called? Don't worry about it. Just go to theedgeofadventure.com. You'll find it there in the podcast section. Also something we were talking prior to going live here with the broadcast, we talked about an event that you had in December that was a gala. And we've been seeing some of the pictures about that. And I know that that was a huge success, but let's look ahead now. Let's let's look at something that you mentioned is coming up in April, a big event that you have, I think, every year. It is. And it, it was actually the very first fundraiser we ever had when we were trying to figure out how we were going to raise money for that first water well. We were sitting around on my floor and trying to think, how are we going to raise money? None of us are fundraisers. We don't know what we're doing. And somebody says to me, we should just stop showering because Sarah doesn't shower anyway. <laughs> and uh, we we had a giggle, but we thought, maybe we could do that. We're in Austin, Texas, where people embrace quirky things like that. And we figured out, I figured out how to maybe monetize it. And this is way before crowdfunding and peer-to-peer fundraising platforms were really available. Those coding buttons and PayPal. And then lo and behold, you know, a few weeks later, we had raised enough money for that one water system. So now we do it every year. It's completely virtual. So you don't even have to go anywhere. And instead of, you know, signing up for a bike race or a run, you just sign up to say you're not going to shower until you raise your goal and you can set your goal for whatever you want. And it's showerstrike.com. And it is really fun and surprisingly easy to do and very successful. Okay. What is the website again? Showerstrike.com showerstrike.com. Okay. And I'm assuming if we go to wellawareworld.org, there's a link there. Okay. There is. It'll be front and center. Great to have Sarah Evans on the show today. This, of course, is the Edge of Adventure. We're talking well aware. They work in Tanzania. They work in Kenya. And, you know, in the days ahead, as she has mentioned, they'll be expanding to other areas. And I think in another sense, through their project called Well Beyond well beyond water, wellbeyondwater.com. Through that project, you know, you think about the impact they're having is stretching to many, many different regions and parts of Africa and beyond. So the impact continues to to grow and to spread. Okay, uh, you know what I do? Sometimes I, I switch over my line of questions, start to become a little more philosophical and less informational. You love these people and you got to tell me why. Ah, you know, I I loved them when I first got there on my first visit for that first well. And I, I tell people all the time, I feel like when I'm there, I'm home. And I'm not the, I'm not the first person who, who has said that people frequently say they really relate to, to that too. 
and there, so there's something about it, something spiritual or, or philosophical about that part of the world. But also, you know, it's just these cultures where we get to work are, they're community driven and they are kind. They're riddled with problems that are, you know, not to their own fault for, for the most part. Um, but they are kind and I, I could be lost in the middle of nowhere, Kenya, and somebody would, would take me in and, and give me tea and a bed and lots and lots of food. <laughs> And everybody works together. Even the crazy, crazy traffic in Nairobi is somehow like working out just fine because they have a system, because they're working together, they're giving each other signals. And that is the metaphor for their their community and how they function together. And it's kind. It's, it's kind in everybody's family. And I am so comforted by that. And I, I love to that the simplicity of the way that people choose to live across these regions is, it makes so much sense, doesn't it? I feel that I have a gift of perspective now that I don't, I don't need a lot of the things that I thought that I needed when I was younger. But the most important thing is family and, and your friendships and that community and your children and, um, and the basic necessities. And then then we're, we're, we're much more okay if that is our focus as opposed to all these other things, other layers that we think that we need that we don't. Sarah, as I talk to different leaders, servant leaders that represent these different organizations, I always like to understand their motivation, the heart behind what they do, because for some reason, they're motivated to love. They're motivated to be kind. They're motivated to serve. Where did this come from in you? Nobody's ever asked that quite the same way. I, I'm not entirely sure. I, I do think I sort of had this in me always. Um, I've always wanted to be a part of helping. I never super motivated by just being successful. And I have to give my, my my parents credit as well. My dad is very giving. He considers himself a public and a civil servant. And he's he's that dude on the front of like the picket line, you know, with the sign always on the news, you know, that guy fighting for the aquifers. And and then my mom is an incredible businesswoman. And so I inherited those things and put them together. I just don't feel okay when I wake up in the morning if I'm not working on and in the world to help make people's lives better. We're a mess, right? We're globally kind of like a, a hot mess, but things are trending better if you, we kind of zoom out and, and we look at how things are evolving over time. And I just want to be a part of that. I want to be part of that um, evolution toward betterment for all of us. I am just not okay getting up in the morning and not, for whatever reason, not really sure. Sarah Evans is the founder at WellAware. Look them up online at wellawareworld.org. That's wellawareworld.org. You'll also be able to find them on social media. And if you go to their website, you'll be able to find out more. You know, there'll be a link there to a couple of their big projects, a big fundraiser coming up in April. And then also this new technology and this new initiative that they have that is called Well Beyond, Well Beyond Water. You'll enjoy learning more about those initiatives as well. Well, as we get now toward the end of the program, Sarah, what else do we need to know? Is there something we haven't covered that is key 
to what you guys are doing? Yes, this is a this is going to sound crazy, maybe to some people, but we've been keeping a close eye on what's happening with cryptocurrency in these developing regions. So if you're looking at poverty globally and what are the biggest obstacles keeping people getting out of extreme poverty, one of those reasons is access to to banking and access to remittance, ways to to receive and, and exchange money without some big corporation or something in the middle charging fees and creating obstacles and, and um, time delays. And so without creating... A, obstacles to exchanging value in ways that can really make a difference in these people's lives, people who are living with less than a dollar a day in income. Um, and just as of a few weeks ago, there's uh, there's a new Strike API. We can actually integrate that into our new tool, the app that we just built, so that we can provide nominal to us remittance for interacting with the app and delivering these forms and doing the checklists um, and running the diagnostics. It could be a nickel or a dime to us. It could be a huge deal to somebody else in these communities. And what we plan to do is facilitate this, a platform so that people can exchange this currency with each other and then into the diaspora to create a system where they do not have to be held back by that obstacle. And it is new and we're just about to try it, but it's really, really exciting. And I love that the world is evolving in that way to provide that opportunity that we can leverage for these people. Sarah, it's been awesome getting to know you a little bit and, and getting also to share about Well Aware and Well Beyond and the, the different projects that you all have. Parting thought is you share with the audience, those watching the video version, those listening on audio podcasts throughout the world, how can they come alongside you guys and perhaps why should they? The ways to join up with our efforts are, are, are simple. The, the website, uh, wellawareworld.org, is a really great wealth of information. And it's really easy to navigate to find out how you can get involved, how you can contribute um, and volunteer. Um, why should you? I just think, why not? You know, I think it, this is not just for me because so many other people let me know that doing good feels good. I think that we are wired as humans to want to care for each other. And in this world of too much information and too much access, it's hard to understand how you're going to be a part of helping each other in the world. But if you think about the catalyst for so much other development, if you want to make the biggest impact with a, with a very small effort and a really a small amount of money, it would be something like clean water, wouldn't it? Because if you have clean water and it's done properly, then education becomes more available. People can start businesses, disease rates go down, health is better, economy is better, national economy is better because you're not having to deal with all of these extra health costs and the problems that come around with come with people being sick all the time. So I think if you want to make a big difference and you don't have a lot of time, you don't have a lot of resources, then then do it with clean water, preferably with well aware. <laughs> but it just start with clean water. And, and I would say to uh, look into the organizations that you're, you're donating to, to make sure they do have at least some of that focus on results over time, because that's, that's where uh, things really start to change. Sarah Evans, founder at Well Aware. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. And uh, God bless you and your family and all that you and your team are doing at Well Aware. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo.